Kingdom Casts, a podcast that has in-depth discussions about things that really do not need to be discussed in depth. Warning. The Kingdom Cast podcast contains spoilers about comic books, movies, and entertainment in general, as well as anything else that crosses their minds. Please do not take any medical advice seriously, nor legal advice that they may or may not give out. For that matter, it's probably for the best that you take nothing that they say seriously. I'm Stan Daniel, and with me as always is Albert Marsh. March 31st, 2020. Not only will this week resonate through history for a variety of reasons, most especially the coronavirus, but also because this is the first week that there will be no new comic books, neither owned digital nor delivered. So, Albert. Yeah. What the hell did you do? I don't know, man. I coughed one time and that was that. And the entire comic book industry came to a screeching halt. It's not really a surprise. We've talked about this on previous podcast. Both Marvel and DC have agreed that not only will comic books not be shipped through Diamond, which was Diamond Distributors' decision, of course, but they agreed that for the time being, there will be no new digital releases of comics as well. And I think that greatly benefits the comic book industry in general, both digital and physical comics. Now, there are a lot of people, I say a lot, the 35 people that read comics digitally seem very self-entitled about this, about demanding that amidst everything else going haywire, that the comic books do be released digitally and that they shouldn't be punished as subscribers to the digital comics. And it's not being punished. Nobody here is being punished. We are having to make sacrifices given the extraordinary situation that the world finds itself in currently. Have you read any of these guys, gals? There's a couple of 4chan threads that I got into it with some people about, but that's about it. 4chan? What's 4chan? <laughs> <laughs> We've received a number of questions, and there's a few individuals that have reached out to us. Well, why won't they do it on digital? Would you rather have digital comics now or no comics at all in the aftermath of this? People that just read digital, it seems to be lost on them the fact that oddly, not really oddly, it's just the way things are, that when it comes to comic books, most of the money is from physical sales. That's exactly there's, right. There's a greater profit margin on a digital comic, but that they don't sell enough digitals to offset what they do in physical. Let me explain to you how dangerously close we really are to losing the print comic book industry and with it the digital comic book aspect of it as well we closed kingdom in may of 2019 rather than take a risk on signing a three to five year lease which given the user base given that there wasn't a youth base that was coming in like there had been the previous 16 years i didn't want to run the risk of having to default on a lease we're very fortunate in that situation now when nobody had any idea that this was coming. I'm, I'm very grateful that was the way we went for a variety of reasons. I know for a fact that the comic book industry lost readers once Kingdom closed. Readers that simply put it aside and decided that was it. 
yeah, there are other stores, but for whatever reasons, these stores aren't right for us. And you know what? I guess that just ends my reading of comic books. Yeah. If digital steps in and starts releasing the comic books that are scheduled to be printed, that's going to completely kill the physical market. The physical market's demise in turn will drastically change anything you get on digital. And that's why I'm a big advocate for, yeah, Marvel, yeah, DC, do digital, but do digital stories that are created specifically for digital release and will not step on the toes of the print stories that you've got in the pipeline right now. You can do this. The only limits are your imagination. Provide something on digital release that's completely unique to digital during the corona crisis. That way, you haven't diminished the physical market when it returns. We started the podcast, and on Newsarama, there's a picture of Diamond's Olive Branch Distribution Center. I've stood right where the forklift is at the end of that picture, and those shelves are filled to the brim, usually, with product. Yeah. And they are just absolutely bare. It's a skeletal situation. And if you've ever been in the Diamond Warehouse, you know what I'm talking about. This is truly not a good sign. That's not a good picture. And, of course, Diamond is having to announce this week that it's holding previously scheduled payments to the vendors this week. And that's due to the cash flow difficulties. Diamond operates on a quick cash business where comic book shops pay for their order one of three ways. COD, check when you get the books, or you're making payments on the previous week's book the following week. That's the only way Diamond's making its money. That's the cash flow. And now there are hardly any stores that are open in the United States due to the various local governments declaring closure here in Jefferson County. Everything except non-essentials like gas and food are ordered closed currently in Jefferson County, Alabama. And I'm not yeah. sure how it is where y'all are locally. I also know in Atlanta and Georgia, the same edicts are being followed, of course, in New York. You can look on any cam in New York City and see that it's scary that the streets are so empty. It's not that you're being inconvenienced by not getting your digital comics or not getting your print comics. It's that this is an unprecedented worldwide situation that sacrifices are going to have to be made. And I got to tell you, this is, you know, the comic books not running are probably going to be the least of the sacrifices in the coming days. Because this will probably go through most, if not all, of April. They're hoping that the pinnacle occurs in the United States the second week of April. And those models have been holding for, I think, the last two weeks at least. So hopefully that's when the pinnacle occurs. But it's going to go through the end of May or longer. You've just got to hunker down. Somebody, one of our regulars, God bless him, was talking about that they're not going to release video games. Yeah, they're not because they don't know what to do. No company, especially no entertainment company, has been faced with this sort of a situation ever. No. And the entertainment companies especially are having to look at new models and where they go from here to distribute product to get their entertainment across to the households. I've already read several articles where Disney is just a gnat's hair away from saying they're going to direct to streaming Black Widow. 
and probably Mulan and a lot of their movies. That may be the format we have to maintain for the rest of the year. But if that works well, that's going to change the ways we do things in a post-corona environment, so far as entertainment's concerned. DC Comics is looking at multiple distributorship options, and that's wonderful for DC Comics. Now, I'm sure Marvel is probably having a lot of talks, too. However, it was DC Comics that let it leak that they were doing this. Yeah. Like you said, Disney has their own way to distribute books. Yeah. Even if they knock something down today, who are they going to ship this stuff to? Well, that's exactly what I was looking at when DC, yeah. yeah, when the news about DC had got out. Who are you shipping it to? Who? It's good to have this plan in place, just in case you can get stuff out of the door here and there. But, I mean... There ain't no one open to take it. That's exactly right. Even if they were open to take it, their business, they're only going to do 10% of their business. And I'm being optimistic about that. I had to go to the post office. Now, I didn't get out of the vehicle or anything. I just went and shoved a bunch of stuff into the mailbox. But I took the opportunity to drive through downtown Trustville. And it's a ghost town with the exception of Target, and the Walmart's not downtown Trustville, but with the exception of Target and Walmart, the restaurants are closed. Some of them are doing curbside service. The ones that aren't equipped for it, the ones that don't have drive throughs and stuff, you can tell are having a tougher time of it. Yeah, the, all the ones around where I work and live, if, if you don't have a drive through why are you even open? None of them are doing enough business to justify being open. The fast, A lot of the fast food joints are, are still doing pretty good for just having a drive through Yeah. But some of these places that don't have a drive through or there's really no reason for any of them to be up. They're just losing money being open. Oh, dear God, you would think Chick-fil-A here is giving out gold. Yeah. The wraparound line, it's always bad. And Chick-fil-A is really good about knocking that line down. But now that that's the only way, Chick-fil-A, Full Moon, McDonald's, Burger King, they're all still doing their regular drive through business. But places like these little mom-and-pop-owned restaurants and so if one of my favorite seafood places I don't think is ever opening back up again due to this. And I'm not giving out names here, but I counted four different shops with were closed for goods signs up. And they ran the gambit of what they retailed. This is a big, big, big situation. It is. We're just going to have to understand that for the moment, the comic book industry is just going to have to press the pause button or they're going to have to be creative in a different manner. I don't think like Empire, Marvel's big event. Anybody that listens to this podcast knows that neither Albert or I are excited about Empire. Okay? But let me give you an example. What if they released Empire on digital while Diamond still was not shipping physical copies. And what if Empire sucks? What if Empire number one just not that good at all? Kind of like Civil War II number one. Yeah. Well, then all these stores that have already done their final order cutoff for Empire number one, and I'm sure Marvel would make allowances for certain things given this unprecedented crisis, but... If it's business as usual, then these stores are going to end up with tons of copy of a comic book that everybody who was interested has already read off of Comixology or some other site digitally and know that it sucks and nobody's going to pay the $5 for this number one issue. Well, and the thing is, some of these books that, that were slated to hit digital copies of this week, yeah, I would say most of the books are probably just going to leak out digitally within the next few weeks anyway. Somehow, some way, they probably are, but... Those files are already out there. Yeah. Ready to go. Someone, someone's just going to dump it. 
Because all it takes is one person dumping it somewhere and then everyone gets to read it. Yeah, one person working IT at Comixology. Or someone hits a button that they, that they weren't supposed to or wasn't aware that they weren't supposed to do it and it goes out there for just a the, minute or two, just a couple minutes live on a site to be bought. It takes one person buying it and that's that. Yeah. <laughs> the comic book industry is notorious for people hitting the wrong button on the computer. Yeah. I mean, they really, really are. This was always a thing that happened at Kingdom, that happened in any other store. And you mentioned something like that, a similar thing that when Kingdom went, there was a, a portion of customers that just sort of acted as their cutoff point. Yeah. A lot of people that were on the bubble as far as getting physical comics, after a couple of weeks of not getting physical comics, they're, they're not going to go back. You've already lost a considerable number of readers right now. What can you say about that? This was already an industry that had to make changes, and now those in in changes are going to have to come very, very quickly. Here's the good news. If nothing else, it's afforded the people in the right positions, the people that are going to make these changes, the time to actually think this through. I really do not see anything wrong with creating new material during the coronavirus for digital comics. They need to do beyond that or I've mentioned, we both mentioned before, what we mentioned before is that, you know, they got tons of stuff sitting in drawers, like rainy day stuff that they use yeah. for giant size or annuals or 80 or 100 paid spectacular, you know, just things sitting around that they just use when they need to. They could throw that stuff out. But what they need to do is once we get past things and things get rolling, they need to sit down and be like, we're going to do a big book. It don't even have to be a an event book or a huge, it can just be, let's say they finally nail out that they want to do Marvel versus DC again, or some type of crossover team up books. You know, they can sit there and say, we're going to do these books. They're all going to be one, one shots for $5 or whatever. And they will not go to digital week one. Yeah. We're going to say the first couple of months, we're going to put these things out. And then like two months later, after the physical release, we'll do a digital release of it as a way to, the, attempt to maybe help physical locations once we get that far. That would be a decent idea. Anything other than releasing the material that's already in the pipeline that is just gathering dust at the printers, what little is left at Diamond's distribution center. You just don't need to step on the toes here. God forbid if Diamond goes down, and I never really thought I'd hear those words coming from my mouth, but God forbid that happen over this instance because there's considerations going to have to be made and in the aftermath of all of this it's not going to look anywhere near the same no it's okay for other distributors to come online during this time but diamond needs to hold position and if marvel and dc can aid in that in some way i think it's in the comic book industry's general interest that they do Again, I don't want Diamond to continue as the monopoly. I just don't want them to leave because right now they're the only thing you've got to build a core around at the moment. Even if Disney switched distribution away from Diamond to its other distribution centers, Diamond still needs to be there. You also have the issue of that any distributor that shows up now, it's not something that was planned out or thought out or anything like that. It's just something that was thrown together the act of some type of Band-Aid. Stores aren't going to be ready. Stores ha- All the stores that are left have to be adjusted to it. It's not something we've announced six months out. It's something that at this point, we're going to announce it. And then about a month later, they're going to start rolling stuff out. 
Now, in the interim, it's important to point out that DC, and I assume Marvel's going to do similar, is going to continue to digitally release things like trade paperbacks, which are the collections of the older books, reprints, and the normal digital first titles that they've had. Yeah, we're still supposed to get that Batman animated thing. Yeah. By me saying they need to create new material for online only, that's by no means a new idea. They've been doing it forever. Wasn't Injustice started online only? Yeah. And there's a few others like that, too. Yeah. They've already got the format for it, but you need to make this, whatever this is, big. Whether it is a DC-Marvel crossover or whether it's just the Marvel characters or DC characters being pulled out of their regular situation to deal with something extraordinary. You know, bring in the big guns. Bring in Aaron and David, Wade and uh, Zdarsky and Johns, and get them working on something new and unique that comic book fans just have to absolutely see for themselves. Well, it don't even have to be like, it could be stuff they've already got in the pipeline. Like Three Jokers, you just say, hey, Three Jokers is going to be physical for two months or yeah. a month before we do a digital. People's going to buy the hell out of that book anyway. So. Well, that's exactly right. But the three, that's what I'm saying. Three Jokers is in the stalled pipeline at the moment. It's not going out anytime soon. I'm just saying in the interim, we're going to have, this is going to be month. And eventually Marvel and DC are going to have to make a decision about whether or not to release their new unpublished stories onto digital or wait for the comic book industry. I'm just saying there's a third option in creating a new and unique storyline or storylines, plural, and putting it out there for digital consumption without it interfering with what happens once distribution resumes. Once distribution resumes, I don't know what this is going to do to comic book shops. I know what Kevin Smith's reaction was, and I don't know if he was legitimately surprised when they told him, but even so, he should not have reacted like that. He said something about, well, this is going to kill the comic book shops. Yeah, I can see how you think that, Kevin, but maybe not from your platform project that. This is a difficult situation. We'll get through it. Everybody will, we will all come through this. I'm not just referring to the comic books at all. Well, there's, I mean, there's already shops in Alabama that are announced that they're just going to close. Yes. I mean, this is a thing that's going to happen. You have to make sure that when the shops that are still there reopen, Marvel and DC and Diamond got to make sure that when those shops open, there's something to open to. And they've got to go ahead and start planning now, not only reopen to what's left, but entice more people into it. And there's got to be some type of thing, monetary thing or something, because these shops are going to stay down for, let's say, a month, a month plus. The last thing that they need to do is open up. And the week they open, say, hey, here's a bill for thousands and thousands of dollars for new comics. Yeah, because the shop's money is completely dependent on the people that come in that week to pick up their new comics. I mean, that's it in a nutshell. So the guys and gals ranting about where's my digital comics? Why, you know, don't punish me. And you you want your digital comics now with no comic industry later? Or do you want to be level-headed about this and do what's best for the overall industry and maybe sacrifice just a little? It's not like that you can't go and digitally download any comic book. I promise not one person has read all of the comic books out there for digital download at the moment. Yeah, and and that's my thing. There's ways to legally purchase thousands upon thousands of digital comics. 
It would certainly help the industry out if you started purchasing digital comics right now that you haven't read before. It's not that hard to look up and say, like, you know what, I like a certain writer or I like a certain character. Is there any runs of this stuff that was good that I missed that I never read? Is there any great runs of books just in general I've never? Is there some independent stuff out there that I could look up or... Every single person listening to this podcast needs to go digitally download Grant Morrison's Animal Man. All of it. Yeah. Because he makes some wonderful points. 30 years ago, he makes some wonderful points about what's going on right now. Has nothing to do with the virus or anything else. It's the explanation of the way the story works and the lives of these characters. And just how real they may or may not be. So, right there. There's something wonderful to read. They've re-released Justice League International by Giffen and DiMatteis. That's hysterical. That's funny. Have you not read the original Dark Phoenix? Go read it. Go read God Loves, Man Kills. Go read up on the Kree Scroll War because that's Marvel's next big thing coming yeah. down the pike. Yeah, I'm that, not uh, talking about Empire. I'm talking about the cinematic. That really good Empire issue lead in we read last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the one shot. You can probably read all those stuff they reference digitally. Go read that stuff digitally. There's things out there that you don't even know exist that are just absolute necessary reading. Blankets or mouse. I say that and everybody will do mouse. I don't know about no blanket. Blankets is actually an extraordinarily well done autobiographical graphic novel. I mean, there's no superheroes or anything in it. It's just one person's story. And I really appreciate that. There's nothing dynamic to it. It's just about a young man's life. Go read Robert Crumb. Well, okay. Go read some old Howard the Duck or something, you know? You've got a plethora out there. And I promise you there's stuff out there that you're going to fall in love with that you have not yet read. We can all hold off on finding out about the three Jokers and about who kicks whose butt, Harley Quinn or what's the new girl's name? Punchline? Punch oh, shit. <laughs> is it Punch? Yeah, it's Punchline, I was actually, isn't it? I was actually talking myself out of that. I was like, they couldn't have named her something as stupid as Punchline. You're just making that up, Stan. <laughs> yeah, see what I mean? You can wait. Again, this is unprecedented, not just for comic books. It's it's a situation across the world. So there are things that we're just going to have to sacrifice, wait on, find workarounds for. This too shall pass, but we all need to kind of work together in it. And now's not the time to get on the internet and start griping because Marvel and DC didn't print your digital comics this week. I mean, we get a month without reading Bendis' Superman. It ain't all bad. Yeah, thank God. <laughs> There is a silver lining to this, and it's not having to read Bendis to Superman. Maybe Bendis could take some downtime and reread Legion of Superheroes and figure out exactly where he's going. (laughs) I wonder if Bendis, when people do a bad job on like established character books, people need to interview and just be like, Bendis, have you ever read John Byrne Superman? (laughs) Have you ever? Have you read All-Star Superman? Have you read any DC comics at all? Well, we were talking, somebody did send us an email that did not have to do with coronavirus, and they asked about, I think it was Max. Thank you, Max. And they asked about Brian Michael Bendis on DC. And what I really do think it comes down to is that what I, I think Bendis is missing is that he doesn't understand that the formula that worked at Marvel is not going to work at DC necessarily. Mark Wade's Captain America 
first run on Captain America at Marvel was bloody wonderful, but it's very different than the way Mark Wade's Superman reads yeah. at DC. You've got to understand there is a fundamental difference in these characters. Just because they're all called superheroes doesn't mean that they can all be written the same in the same way. DC is a different flavor from Marvel. It's as different as vanilla is to chocolate. Yeah, they exist in the same format. Yeah, they're all superheroes and supervillains. Bendis was better suited writing Marvel characters, and it doesn't seem like he's changed his writing style up at all to accommodate the DC characters. Well, well I mean, you can, well, the thing is like Bendis's writing style is better suited for a character. Like you mentioned, like Renee Montoya. You know, yeah. The question, Renee, or, you know, smaller characters that you can work with. Bendis can't write Superman like Bendis writes Jessica Jones. Lois Lane, his Lois Lane wants to be a Jessica Jones light. And that's just not cut, going to cut it. That's not who Lois is. This is not her 85-year history that you're paying attention to. It's the way you want to make the character. Again, I used Wade's Captain America against Wade writing Superman. Peter David writing Young Justice is completely different from Peter David's writing X-Force. Or the Hulk. Or the Well, the Hulk, Peter David's The Hulk, is completely different than Peter David's Aquaman. They're all good, and you can tell and recognize that Peter David is writing them, but there is a fundamental difference between these characters that he's writing, and he recognizes and understands that. I don't think that Bendis has gotten to that point yet. I think Bendis is so used to Marvel that he's going to swing in here, and this is what we're writing, and it's just not taking on some of these characters. But you see, we don't have new comics this week, and Albert and I can discuss all of it into infinity. We're not hurting for show material because they're not publishing new comics. Yeah. And the honest to God fact of the matter is, is that the comic book fans out there are not hurting for new things to read just because they're not currently publishing new comics. There is a plethora of creation out there for you to read, absorb, and enjoy. And I, I highly recommend you do because that in and of itself will help the comic book industry. Go ahead, take a blind leap, start reading things that you haven't read before. Download it, because I will be, Albert will be. That'll help you through comic book withdrawal. Yeah, and some of it's free. I think 2000 AD has thrown up a bunch of old Judge Dread comics and stuff up for free. Oh, oh yeah, and doesn't Marvel? Marvel has a database full of stuff for free. Yeah, and I believe DC does somewhere as well. I just don't think it's as out there as Marvel's is. So... It's a bad situation, but it's time for us to make best of a bad situation. It's time for us to also recognize that what's good for print is good for digital and that they both have to be on the same page about this going forward if we want yeah. the comic book industry in any recognizable form in the future. And again, DC and Marvel both are saying that they could change their minds about the digital format. I just hope that they go to, like you say, their bottom drawer stuff that they haven't published yet that they're just holding on to. I really do think an event for digital comics would play really well that's just unique to digital comics at this point. Whether that's a DC Marvel crossover event or whether it's just the continuing adventures of the superheroes without stepping on the toes of what's in the pipeline of the stories to come, I'd be all for it. 
but what's already made up and scheduled to be published and the commitment made to the stores about these publications, they need to hold to it because the stores, the independent stores, are going to suffer greatly over this. Already yeah. are. At some point, even though Marvel and DC are owned by huge conglomerates that are worth billions upon billions of dollars, they've got to look look at it and say, we've done all we can. At some point, we got to have money coming in. So I wouldn't be surprised if a few weeks from now, they are going to do some digital comics, but they won't do a full week's worth. It'll just be, here's a small drip of stuff out this week. You know, maybe next week, here's a few. I, I think when they just sort of have to get to where they have to release something digitally, I don't think they're going to go back to doing a full, complete week worth of comics. Yeah. They may, be, and, they may do half or a fourth, but I don't think right off the bat, a full week's worth on top of that. Yeah. In that vein, of course, Albert and I will not be reviewing comics until some form of physical distributorship starts again. But that gives us opportunity well, for a great many other things. Well, we may do like a a, a couple of, you oh, know, yeah. it's like some old trade paperbacks or something yeah, like that. Yeah, trade paperbacks, older discussions, things like that. We'll welcome Sandra in and talk. I understand that you really, really, really need to discuss the Tiger King. I got to talk to someone about that because nobody at work watched it before we closed down. My wife and I, over the weekend, what do you call it? We splurged? What? What is it called? binge watched yeah we binge watched tiger king the, denise turned to me at the end of it and she said i will thank albert to never again suggest anything to me <laughs> i suggest it every time you turn on netflix that's all they are telling you like number one in the country tiger king <laughs> man that is some messed up stuff <laughs> that show is literally just like your average small town weirdo yeah who just owns tigers cat people man cat people they are just every bit. I mean, these take it to the ultimate end with their tigers. But yeah, this is just how crazy every cat person really is on the inside. <laughs> He's gay and owns every weapon under the sun. <laughs> no, it's not that he is. He's gay and has two straight husbands that he keeps in check with meth. What's that mean? I, I'm straight, but meth and a tiger is meth and a tiger. <laughs> Something like that. Where did they get the money? Where did any one of these individuals... We'll, we'll not talk about it too much because we're going to do a full thing on it or whatever. Oh, the, yeah. The I want Sandra to be outraged. <laughs> the, the doctor, uh, Dr. Antel, is that his name? The yeah. fake doctor? The doctor of science, mysticism, whatever bullshit <laughs> that, that means. <laughs> science of... Doctor of obviously grooming underage girls. <laughs> No, no, I like saw he, those he actually, They're not he, underage. He seems to have a pretty good business sense to him to run all that. Well, he was arrested at... The, uh, well, we won't give it away. Well, we'll, we'll get to that later. Anyhow. Jeez. I'm just so glad I'm a dog person. <laughs> you don't hear nothing about big dog owners. The worst thing a dog owner's ever done is, is smoke weed and feed a dog pizza. That may just be me, you know. <laughs> okay. Well, Albert, I tell you what, we're going to go ahead. I know this is a shorter podcast. 
can you think of anything else that needs to be said or addressed about this right now? Well, all I know is when the whole industry gets back to running, there'll be customers gone that aren't going to come back. Marvel and DC both needs to recognize that and work on a strategy to bring them back in. Even stores that have a huge online presence as far as selling stuff, they've, they've not sold anything for a month. So when, when the ball gets rolling again, something's got to be set up to help the stores money-wise. Yes. These stores, you just can't, they can't instantly go from doing nothing for a month to start paying thousands of dollars a week to comics right off the bat when there's, they've got a month worth of bills piling up, even though they weren't open. Well, okay, that's another aspect to it we do need to address. What you don't know is that the greatest fear that I had was having to default to the realty company over a lease that I would sign. That's why we ended Kingdom when we ended Kingdom, because there was a 60% chance we could have lasted three to five more years. There's a 40% chance that we weren't going to and that something like this would pop up and tip the scales against us. And when you're looking down the barrel of hundreds of thousands of dollars in default to a lease, that's a very, very sobering situation. Right now, that's what every comic book shop in America is looking down. These realtors, they're not as forgiving or understanding. You've already heard these tales going around about sacrifice yourself for the economy. Well, the people that are saying this are the people that are realtors and that very elite percentage up there. And while I'm sure there's many out there that are going to work with their clientele simply because they have to, there's many more that are going to go ahead and designate defaults against leases when they run for more than three months without being able to yeah. pay the rent. Whether you're a comic book shop, a gaming shop, or a dress shop, or private bookstore, or what have you, you need that weekly income. That weekly income is everything. While your vendors may be more understanding, the realty companies are not necessarily going to be as understanding and willing to work with you. God knows how many comic book shops are facing that right now because the 10th is coming. The 10th is typically when rent is due. That's a daunting situation. Again, I'm very grateful we're not having to look at that aspect of it, and my heart goes my sincere empathy goes out to all those that are having to at the moment. It's going to change a lot of things. It's going to be a brave new world when this is, once we go post-corona, the comic book retailer market, the privately owned comic book shops and such. It's going to change the hobby in its entirety and the entertainment aspect as well. Has anything been said about SDCC, San Diego Comic-Con? So far, they haven't done anything about it that I'm aware of. July, right? Yeah. I don't see any way they don't have to delay it. I'll be honest, I don't see any way that they do not get out of having to delay Dragon Con in Atlanta. I hope they don't. I hope it's all completely cleared up by then. But realistically, we're just going to have to get ready to hunker down and, and just be very grateful that the food supplies and the essential supplies are still running. In the interim, you're not alone. We're all, uh, I don't want to say, everybody keeps saying we're all in this together. And every time I hear that phrase, I don't care if it's Anheuser-Busch, Ford, Toyota, or the government saying that. Every time I hear that phrase, I hear that stupid high school musical song in my head. So people need to lay off that phrase and just tell everybody, hang in there. 
or come up with something better than we're all in this together. But we really are. You know, you get bored or whatever, holler at me or Albert. A lot of you already are. I think we're covering all the questions and comments that we're getting. We're just not doing it individually at the moment because there's a lot of the questions and comments coming in. And our plan is for later this week to do a podcast talking about the Tiger King and Picard and a couple of other things. Yeah, I need to watch the last episode of Picard. Oh, did you see all the other episodes of Picard? <laughs> Unfortunately, I did. Yeah, you're not missing anything. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm, let me tell you something. I went, we've been having a bunch of our nieces and my nephew at the house for some reason around my older parents. <laughs> there was like five nieces and a nephew. That's six of them. So I was out buying stuff at Walmart because clearly I wanted to get some type of disease and die at Walmart. <laughs> I was like, you know what? While I'm out buying stuff I don't really need, I might as well see what, how much you get a puzzle or something for the kids to play with. Yeah. You know, something that's easy and that you just, it's a puzzle. You just throw it on the table, say, here, put this crap together. Walmart did not have a single puzzle less than $10. No, they don't. Puzzles are quite a hobby. That is highway robbery. <laughs> Get them a Lego set. Then you'll appreciate the price of puzzles. A big puzzle has a lot to answer for in this time crisis. So let me get this straight. The state of Alabama says you need to social distance yourself right now. And so the first thing your brother and sisters do is drop all the kids off at your house. They just dump them in our house. All of them. (laughs) Then they'll go home for a couple of days then come back. Sorry, kids. But we have to obey what the CDC says. And they're all at home, and they like any of them can't watch them. They're just like, hey, you take them. <laughs> I know, that's the point. We're here, 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 here. We wired Albert some money to buy groceries for a couple of days. <laughs> but you keep them for 10 days, and we'll go from there. <laughs> I, I could just see sitting watching the nightly news, having had the honor of meeting several members of your family, <laughs> them sitting in front of the TV and you know, stay at least six foot away, isolate yourself inside of the house, and one of them looking at the other spouse and going, I think they mean for us to drop the kids off with Albert. <laughs> Can we meet you in Fultondale? We don't even want to drive all the way to Warrior. We want you to waste your gas to come get them. <laughs> We're scared that Morris is more infected than Fultondale's. Fultondale's got to have like a, at least a thousand cases of coronavirus. Have you got? Have you drawn by and seen Lowe's at Fultondale? Well, speaking on this, and I don't like getting in. I work real hard to stay away from any political slant, but I don't really think this is a political slant. But for years, I have bought all my art supplies and everything at Hobby Lobby. Have you heard how Hobby Lobby is treating their employees? No, oh, that guy's such a douchebag, isn't he? I mean, it's Michael's for me from here on in. I will not go back to Hobby Lobby given their response. I mean, you got the Disney execs foregoing their income in order to maintain payments for their employees and Ford doing the same way. And Hobby Lobby is, I'm not going to go into breaking down the account here, but take the time and look it up online. And and some of these companies that are doing these sorts of things and Amazon especially. I'm very close to canceling my Amazon card based on how they're treating their employees and their people during this time. I don't look at that as... Ah, we have a caller. <laughs> my phone, don't, this phone's dead. It don't even pick up. I don't know who it is. <laughs> it ain't for me because it's a landline. 
Your own kingdom, Cass. Go ahead, caller. Probably some someone calling my mom and dad like, you know your car won't just about to run out. Hi, this is Hobby Lobby. <laughs> Do you need some dinged up picture frames for have off? <laughs> that don't match anything you own? I bet that's my sister being like, is my kids okay? <laughs> I don't know. Why won't you send them home? Maury went in for a commercial, so I thought I'd call him well, I've got I'm, two nieces here that can answer that phone. It ain't got to ring on four times. I'm I'm putting that in the podcast, so make sure all your family members listen. Yeah. Is my kids okay? I don't know. You ain't seen them for a month. Do you even care? <laughs> you hadn't seen you, them. You took a trip across country <laughs> during all this mass, and then when you came home, like, oh, I'm under quarantine for two weeks. I'm going to have to keep them kids. <laughs> Here's $20. Go buy some little scissors. <laughs> buy two puzzles. <laughs> What I was saying before about me talking about Hobby Lobby and Amazon, yeah, I steer away from political aspects, but I still have a social conscience. Well, at some and, point, it's like, even if you took take the political aspect out of it, you know what, come on, dude, you know, you can do better than that. Yeah, those that can help need to help in this situation and, you know, need to follow Ford and Disney's and several other corporations lead and sacrificing at the top. So the people that make it all work can get by during this. I mean, hell, my boss is going to pay me to sit at home. There is social responsibility here, and I don't want to support anybody that wasn't helping. And if Kingdom was open and all, I'll be honest with you, man, your life is a chance I'm willing to take. <laughs> God, with all the kids that are coming out of this house, it's probably safer for me. Uh, it's probably be safer for you to have been standing at Kingdom. And when my niece is walking around the house, just they coughing on everybody. Like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> you done killed us all, kid. On that note, we'll be back later this week. Unless my niece killed me. <laughs> are you saying that your nieces and nephews are germ-ridden? <laughs> They're kids, ain't they? <laughs> well, I have social distanced the hell out of myself from Brooks, so we're... <laughs> From my niece so you know we're good there oddly out of the stores i've went to uh just from picking up stuff walmart is the one where they had the most people actually trying to stay away from other people no walmart's a different world now people are trying to stay away from other people really people just stand in the middle of the aisle and won't move i'm like you well, need to move i can get around you yeah when dixie's similar but i'll tell you this I've never seen our Walmart cleaner or more organized than it is at this moment. Oh, it's it's awfully clean at the moment. It's like they're appearing in a movie level. I didn't know. even see any dirty diapers in the parking lot when I went the other day. You know, I don't know that I've ever seen a dirty diaper in our Walmart's parking lot. <laughs> but I have. For that. But yours is the Gardendale Walmart, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're going to be back later this week with Tiger King and Picard. And Sandra will be joining us in the coming weeks while we have no comics to talk about. We'll what talk about, about Westworld. We'll talk about Westworld. Oh, yeah. We can talk about Westworld, too. We can talk about West, the first two episodes of Westworld. So we'll go from there. All right. This has been Kingdom Cast. You can reach out to us however you want to. Facebook, Twitter, Gmail. We are Kingdom Casts, Kingdom, C-A-S-T-S, and Kingdom Comics. Also, you can text us on our phone line, area code 205-978-0600. Just hold it together. And help those that you can. And we're all going to get through this fine. Albert, you got anything to say? No, I think I said enough. 
Yeah, I think you did. I don't, I think Thanksgiving is going to be very sparse at your house this year. Where else are they going to go? They ain't none of them going to hold it at their house. <laughs> okay, from now on, the podcast is just going to be talking about your <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we will talk to you later on this week. And any questions, anything, feel free to ask us. And God bless you all. We'll talk to you soon. Tell them good night. Good night, Kingdom Casts is owned by Kingdom Comics Incorporated and produced by Stan Daniel and Albert Marsh. No part of this program may be reproduced, replicated, or replayed without permission. Special thanks to Sandra Swindle. Also, thanks to our content contributors, Jason Bean, Tim Bryan, Denise Daniel, Josh Duke, Alex Fitzpatrick, Charles Hickey, Allison Marceau, Mark Adam Miller, and Contrita Olstead. Logo designed by Geoffrey Glenn. Edited by Stan Daniel. Kingdom Casts is copyrighted 2020. All rights reserved. Number one in the country.